Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin with my husband, EJ Curran, and we have a guest speaker today. Um, Before we get into that, I just wanted to say, you know, we offer this podcast free of charge, of course, because our passion is helping couples build skills to navigate the stressors of life, which can be many. And so we're just so grateful for our listeners. We keep hearing this amazing feedback that couples are really getting a lot out of our podcast. So we just want to thank you. And also to mention that we did create a relationship renovation at home program. There's a lot of couples that just can't make the time right now, or maybe can't afford weekly couples therapy. And so if you guys ever want to, again, we're getting some really great feedback background couples that are doing that relationship renovation at home. And you can go to our website and just click on the R&R at home program and you can download samples. But again, we're just hearing really good feedback from couples who are going through that and it's offered at a very reasonable price. So just know that we have a lot of resources here to offer you. And again, we are grateful for all of our listeners. Absolutely. And also, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a few people reach out to us with ideas about podcasts and sort of like themes that they'd like explored. And it's helped us in a lot of ways as far as, you know, having great directions to go and sort of theming our uh, social media as well towards that. So, you know, anytime you do have things you'd like to share with us about things we've said or ideas you'd like us to explore, yeah. you know, we, we love to hear from you and we'd love to get your feedback. Yeah, and I think it's been great tying our Friday podcast to our weekly social media because we can really give a lot to this one topic or area. So again, I think people are really liking that. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Well, let's introduce Gabe. So we're going to introduce Gabe Lobato. Gabe is a business owner. He's had a business for, I believe, like 17 years. He's a husband. He's been married for 20 years. He's a father of two girls. And now he is a a master's level counseling uh, intern at our facility. And we are super grateful to have you, Gabe. Welcome to Relationship Renovation. Thank you. I'm so excited to just really be here with you guys and be able to share with you something of a perspective that I've really had the opportunity to uh, develop and be able to perceive just this whole world of counseling and, and the struggles that we encounter with in life. Well, I mean, the, the the best place for us to always begin is just to get to know you. I mean, can you just tell us a little bit about yeah. yourself? Yeah. Well, you know, you shared a few facts about my life. been married 20 years. I've got two teenagers, uh, 16 and 13. One's almost 17. Wow. My wife has been doing homeschool with both of them for uh, about eight years now. And uh, what we love to do as a family, we love to go camping in our camper a few times during the year. We like to go uh, mountain bike trail riding either for the day or while we're out camping. I love going to the gym. I've got a drone with a first person view and I I love (laughs) flying that off and on. So That's new. I didn't know that about you, Gabe. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your business that you've had. I'm a landscape contractor. I've been doing that for 17 years. I'm now up to 17 employees. Goodness. Started that uh, quite a while ago. You know, even just that in itself has quite the story of how it started and just the path and the journey and the pain and the struggles of running a business mm-hmm. with a spouse I and mean, just to where we are at now it's it's been an incredible journey that's actually a whole new podcast too working with your spouse working with your spouse <laughs> we know yeah we've had a ton of couples over the years come to us at work together and that is a unique challenge we know it really well of being business owners together and partners and parents not easy right 
No, well, yeah. it's, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. How old were you when you started your company? How old were you when you when you got married? You know, I got married a month before I turned 21. My business I started when I was 24, started as a part-time on the side as I worked a daytime job. And my wife was the primary breadwinner income-wise. And after our first daughter, about two months and two weeks into her PTO, she said, if I have to go back to work part-time, here's what I'm going to make. Here's what daycare is going to cost. Here's what formula is going to cost. And at that point, my, my side business was making about what we would be left over with at that point. Nice. Yeah. So we took a step of faith and she didn't go back to work at that time. Wow. Well, that's, that's interesting, you know, how often sometimes we make decisions based upon just the necessities of life and it just sets us off on a course so we just have to sort of ride it out and see how it goes. I know. I'm curious. So how, like, how did you decide to make this transition from, you know, landscape business owner to couples yeah, counseling? Being a therapist. <laughs> being a therapist. No, it, it's really interesting. It was about six or seven years ago, we were asked, a, a friend of mine who had started a church about three years prior, asked for us to come on, join, support as staff in, in different arenas. And one of the arenas we landed on was to support in marriage crisis counseling. Okay. And it was really interesting because I, I remember my first time we had a, a couple that the police were called over in this situation. My pastor can make it. He asked me if I can go over there. And I arrive to the house and there's police. They're keeping the husband and wife separated. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I remember walking up and the police officers are like, hold on, hold on. What are you doing? Just step back and, until we give you approval. You can step on, on the scene. And because we were there the first time at that moment, I remember walking them through kind of a healing process and sorting out kind of process as to what led up to that moment. Mm -hmm. Now, that couple is still together. But as I look back at that, and I look back at some of the experiences, like I, I progressed in experience, but I look back at some of those situations, boy, were they sloppy and boy, did they just lack knowledge or wisdom or a deeper understanding to have a clear, right. coherent path to work with someone. And so as I progressed and developed more experiences, I, there was one that I, I, was, I was pretty happy with. There was, there was a couple, it was a blended family. And I remember while our pastor was out of town one day, the husband shot me a text at work and he said, um, can you help me? My wife just texted me and said that by the end of the day, she's going to be walking out. And I said, oh my gosh, I said, please tell her. She can pack, she can prepare, but don't let her walk out until this evening when you guys get out of work, let's get together at our house for mm -hmm. dinner. And we got together and we had subsequent visits at our house. And I'm so thankful to see that they've slowly progressed. They've worked through some, some challenges, but they're still together. And uh, But then I, I just got to the point where I'm like, I really wanted to do this on a deeper, more effective, on a more professional level that mm -hmm. has a deeper level of understanding. And so uh, just a few years ago, I, I, I decided to enroll back into a, a school and start a master's program to become a licensed therapist. Wow. I'm curious, what did, how did your wife respond when you told her this is kind of like you're compelled to go in this direction? You know, she was super supportive. And... Um, you know, she it resonated with her as well, and especially especially the experience that we've had 
walking together with uh, couples at our church during their crisis situations, it made sense. And so, you know, that, that was one of the one of those real strong connecting moments in our relationship to to feel like I, I've got a decision mm-hmm. and it resonates in my heart. And at the same time, it resonates in my wife's heart. And so that just adds that confirmation. Yeah. Was there like a particular moment where you, it hit you like, oh, like I want to make a shift here. I want to like not just have this be something that's sort of like in my spare time through my spiritual life, but it's like something professionally that I want to fork and, and go this way. Well, what what's funny, because if I compare it in light of being a business owner, I didn't wake up one morning and think this is like the greatest idea, <laughs> but there was a process that we walked through and just some personal inspiration that we had. But I swear, probably for the last 17 years, on average, there's probably at least 50 to 100 times a year that I'm telling my wife, I'm so done with being a business owner, I want to throw in the towel. And, uh, and, and I'm so sick of it. And so when I think about this profession, it's funny, because I know we're going to talk about the, the perspective that I wanted to bring. But there's a perspective of what I experienced in my life that relates to anxiety and and how that anxiety or that sensitivity to anxiety was always that that forefront struggle in my life as a business owner mm. that always triggered that sense of feeling discouraged or fed up or just being easily triggered as a business owner from disappointments with having a business from disappointments with staff and so when i looked at this profession this profession like suited me as a person the setting, the calmness in a room with someone else feeling just relaxed, at peace, the experiences that I've had sitting with other couples in our home, working through their processes or struggles, like I would feel energized after and not burned out. And I would feel like fulfilled and satisfied inside instead of like frustrated Uh or irritated. Yeah, I, I, I can relate. Yeah. I'm just saying like on the days that I'm seeing clients, I just feel like my heart is at ease. And then the days I'm doing all of the admin stuff and development and whatever, I just, it's like a whole different being. I like both, but I like where my heart feels yeah. calm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely relate to that. And for me, it's about that like laser focus on two other people that it's like, yeah, that, you know, we all have that inner dialogue going on. And when I'm outside of therapy, my own inner dialogue about my own life and my own insecurities and my own, you know, goals and blah, blah, blah is so loud. And so there's something about sitting in a room with either it's an individual or a couple where where you're paying such close attention to them and trying to understand what's going on and trying to see the obstacles that they're facing that my stuff just sort of like for that hour hour and 15 minutes it fades to the back a little bit it's there it comes rushing back in a lot of times at the end of the session but it's so nice to like be there and then when you actually have some sort of positive effect on their life <laughs> that's like it's an like, added holy bonus moly what a what an incredible feeling this is mm-hmm. um, yeah so you're enjoying it before we get into our actual topic like sure. just just one more thing what are you noticing in this shift into it being in the counseling realm versus being in the realm through the church well, one thing, you know, just definitely noticing is that when I'm interacting with couples, really getting a, a chance to practice 
making that connection with someone off the street that I don't even know, don't mm-hmm. even have a relationship mm-hmm. with. And the positive response that I get when they're telling me their story and I'm giving them a paraphrase of reflective response yes. that shows that I understand and I could connect and understand what they're going through and seeing them positively respond back. Like that's amazing because that dynamic was someone off the street I've never met. Like it, it's a whole different beginning process versus someone I already know via yeah. church relationship. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly they're willing to trust you. you yes. Know, if, if you can hold a, a safe solid space for them, you know, pretty quickly. I'm always amazed at the vulnerability couples individuals show very early on if they do feel safe with you. Okay, so let's get into our topic today. So I I think a nice segue is just the fact that when I first met you, Gabe, one of the things we really connected around was was this perspective we're going to talk about today, about how how the past affects the present. And our whole program is very much based around, in a structured way, helping couples understand that. And so, um, you know, maybe a nice launching point is just for you to Gabe help us understand, like, why is that something that's that's come to the forefront of your mind in in supporting individuals and couples? Sure. You know, it started. Uh, I was working at a local inpatient mental health hospital. And as I was doing group therapy there with inpatient clients, one of the exercises that I really latched onto that I really saw had really great meaning, it comes from the basis of what's called narrative therapy. Mm -hmm. And, And from this perspective, it talks about that each one of us has a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And that that past we can't rewrite it. It's there. It is what it is. It's a part of us. Mm -hmm. And we live in the present moment. And in this present moment, whatever degree or experiences that we've had in the past, good, bad, neutral, whatever, sometimes they have a tendency to create disruptions right now in the present based on how we react, how we respond to someone or to a circumstance going on around us. And if we don't grab hold of that, if we don't process that in a safe space, be able to unravel it, then it can continue to cause the sense of discouragement about our future in the relational context. The future feels discouraging and people, they're banging their heads against a wall out of discouragement. They're like, we've been there, done so many things, and and they get discouraged about their future with the couple to where they're at the point, help us or we're done. Like I I don't have a positive future outlook with this relationship anymore. Yeah. It feels like if we don't understand what's happening and how we're attaching past into the present, that it could really make us as individuals or as a couple feel boxed in and very limited in like what we can see for the future. When I think it gets triggered in those like complicated moments in our relationship and that's when the, you know, sort of the shackles of the past or the the misperceptions maybe based upon the past really leave us in this like reactionary state where we just keep fallen into old patterns together. Can I just do a quick example? I just like had this like very compelling moment of this book I read called The Untethered Soul. Amazing book. If you guys have not read it, Michael Singer. Um, But he was talking about like, if you dated someone that had like a red Mustang and it was a pretty negative experience or a bad breakup, right? That, you know, 10, 20 years later, you see a red Mustang and 
you just kind of have this like negative, like maybe your body tenses, maybe you notice like something uncomfortable happening versus if you never had a partner that had a red Mustang and this Mustang is just neutral, right? So it's about that. The more we can understand like, oh, yeah, that red Mustang just triggered this like flood of thinking and uncomfortable feelings because I had this negative association with the red Mustang because of a partner and an experience that went bad. Again, versus like not ever having any kind of emotional experience with a red Mustang. It's just the more we can understand how it's really like our brain holds on to these images and they do these associations. And if we have an uncomfortable association, it's going to cloud the present moment. I mean, so, so Gabe, is this a perspective that developed just in the sort of like clinical space for you around like seeing other people or is this something that also like, you know, was personal for you? No, it was greatly personal. As I was going through my, my coursework for this degree, there were so many opportunities, just personal reflection that, that I was kind of forced to, to have to do that they really force you as you're writing and analyzing content and working through the material. And when I developed this perspective and understanding at this one site, it really illuminated my understanding into like my personal life and just kind of the experiences that I had in my childhood and how I carried a lot of the resultant effect into my marriage for several years. And, and even, as I mentioned earlier, even just that tendency with anxiety, there's a whole thing related to my dad and, and what he demonstrated in his life growing up, how he was so, like, I, I think that if he would have gone to a therapist, he would have probably been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And just how he coped, he had very little coping mechanisms. And then when I look back and I had to do a genogram for my family, and I look back and I delved into my grandparents and I realized my grandparents through stories from my uncle that my grandparents dealt with anxiety. They would leave the house and frequently would have to go back, check to see if the water was left on, mm -hmm. if the stove was left on, if the fridge was left open. And so now in the present, as I realize, wow, like that's why I've struggled as a business just with anxiety and getting easily triggered and frustrated. And it's interesting too, how there's like this like compounding factor in a situation because you're kind of describing two things. And one is there's probably some sort of genetic, you know, component to this. Of Generational it's just sort of, genetic. Yeah, it's yeah. wired in, into you a little bit. And so it's something you your dad, your grandparents, they've dealt with. But then there's also the experience of being parented by an individual who has that and the anxiety that's produced around that. And it's like, it's almost like if you're not careful, it generationally compounds. And so when you personally got that information, like, what do you do with it? Right? Because that's, that's one of the things I think our couples struggle with is mm -hmm. like, okay, well, yeah, like I know this, but what do I do with it? That makes sense. But now what? <laughs> right. And, and so there, there's an analogy that I've used when I've talked to people in, in consults or in sessions that we dive into your past to get a better understanding because right now in the present, we've got go-to responses, habitual responses that we're accustomed to, we're, we're comfortable with. And if we just do straight up behavior therapy just to correct that, here's the analogy that I've used. It's like a weed that's growing out of the ground. If you just chop the top portion off, it's going to come back. Yep. And so you've got to dig in and pull the root up in order to really extract it. And so personally, in the relational nature, 
we've got to dive in to get a deeper understanding. What is causing this? Why am I like this? And just try and unravel and unpackage and just process what is it about our past that's causing these these disruptions in the present so that we can get a better understanding. One, it helps even just to build that empathetic connection from your spouse because then the spouse is like, oh, wow. That's why they. That's why he or she does that. Yeah, it's not me. I right. thought it was, but right, Matt. I've had I've had a couple of just like incredibly powerful sessions this week, where we've gotten through the genogram and we've done the and and through the individual timelines with the couple, and then we're going through their their relationship timeline, and we're processing how their negative like sort of coping mechanisms from their childhood created really dysfunctional ways they dealt with content in their past. And so they're processing through it with all this like wisdom and understanding and being together in it. And then moving into the future present of like, okay, like then how do we continue to do this? And it's just like, I mean, it's just amazing to see because it's just like a completely, it's a game shifter because all of a sudden you have some control, you know, you're, you're mindfully in your relationship, you know, how was it for you to have these realizations, right? Separately sort of, cause you're going through a program and then you're bringing them home to your partner, your wife. Uh, it's, it's funny cause within my church setting, I, I had to go to my pastor and more than once handful of times I'm like these things that it's revealing about me, like, man, I I just, I feel so broken and messed up. Like, I feel like my history is kind of messed up. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it just like kind of strikes you to the core. But at the same time, you feel like it's like you're on the verge of being released from this pain, this bondage. It gave me that opportunity to be able to really assess and process and start making sense of the struggles that I'd been having in the present for so many years. And so while it was painful, it quickly became like that next step to break through and experience freedom from it. It's, it's an interesting thing though, because at least in my life, I find myself sometimes like, well, I'm so like identified and attached to this person who has dealt with life in this certain way. And so if I start to do it differently, well, then who the heck am I? You know, like, because myself is so deeply linked to the person who reacts to stressful environments in a certain way, the person who um, becomes super defensive. If I pull that behavior back, then it's like, what do I replace it with? And who am I without those behaviors? You know, that um, reminds me of a, of a thought or conversation that came up once or twice. I heard someone say, well, you know, this nature of who I am, well, it's because I'm a certain or particular culture because people relate like behaviors or responses. Well, I'm Italian or I'm Mexican. And, and me personally, I'm Mexican myself, so I, I have an understanding of that culture. And so when I encounter people that, that say that, that, you know, it's just who I am, it's just what I am, like, I I don't know what to do about it. My perspective is that when you come to therapy, this is not about losing a sense of who you are, Mm -hmm. because your past, your culture, it makes you the unique person of who you are. But I really believe like a discerning therapist should be able to, to analyze Okay, which elements about you are have become slightly unhealthy 
enough to produce a disruptive response in the present. It's not about changing who you are. It's just about identifying those tendencies that are causing these disruptive patterns that are not right or not comfortable that are just slightly past the the unhealthy mark. That is so important because a lot of times when I'm kind of helping couples or individuals understand that we form our coping skills and our defense mechanisms from very early on. And it pretty much works in childhood because we don't know, we don't have that frontal brain developed. But then when you get older and then when you get into a relationship that that defense mechanism, that's not helpful anymore. We don't want to defend ourselves to our partner. You know, and I doing this genogram and timeline, I tell people, it's like we're all walking around with like wounded children wanting our little childhood needs to be met from our partner. Not realistic. It can never happen. And the more we recognize like, wow, this is a wound, an unmet need. Can't expect my partner to even meet that because I'm just recognizing what it is now. And when we can be aware of that, it just opens up a whole new way of connecting with your partner. And it takes out these expectations that are they're not even realistic. It, it could never happen. Yeah. A big thing that uh, I see is sometimes though there is that like, hey, you just need to accept me for who I am. This is this is who I am. And, and for me, like a question I, a lot of times I come into a client with when they're in that state is like, okay, well then how's it working? You know, <laughs> how's it working for you guys? How's like it? you guys are here, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to give them that like yeah. kind of shock with reality of like, okay, like, yeah, maybe that's you, but maybe this aspect of you yeah. isn't working too good for you guys. Yes. And and I was just going to say in another significant area too, is like, I will sometimes be like, oh my gosh, are you one of those therapists that blames the past on the present? I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I get why you think that because there's so many people like, oh, I'm like this because of my mom or my dad, or I've got daddy issues, whatever. I said, it has nothing to do with that. I get that that's kind of what you, what your perception is. But I said, it is about understanding your attachment from early on and how your brain, how your nervous system copes with uncomfortable situations. Well, it's insight like, it's versus not a, blame, right? Yeah, it's not about blaming. It's insight. Thank you. Though. There's also another component. I remember experiencing this personally, and I'm seeing this like clinically, is that there was a stage in my business, I think halfway through, I was talking to this male mentor of mine. And one of the things that I was talking to him about was just kind of struggles that I was having in my marriage at the time. And one of the things that I realized at that moment was that there are gifts and abilities or or certain aspects of my nature that were strengths in my business But when I would bring those same aspects to the home life, to the relationship, they all of a sudden became a curse Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it just kind of ruined it. How many couples have we met where the exact thing that makes them a a success in one aspect of their life is tearing their marriage to the ground or their relationship to the ground? And that's where that attachment comes in because one member of the couple is like, well, at work, like people listen to me and and I come in and I command the space and I know... You know, I'm sure of myself. I feel like I'm in control. People listen to me. They're kind to me. They respect me. So clearly it's my partner's fault. (laughs) It works and it's effective in one scenario, but coming in for therapeutic help, you know, the therapist should be able to identify and recognize, you know, as 
we don't need to shame that aspect of you. We just need to be able to help you identify to be able to discern, okay, it's appropriate in this scenario, right. but it's far, highly inappropriate in your relational scenario. But we don't know because we spend so much time like at work and then we come home and it's it's hard to like shift roles, but it's such an important part of the process. Okay. So another another point of like connection when I first spoke with Gabe was the fact that you, prior to getting into your education around therapy, you had a program that you worked with couples at through your church. And for us, that's also very important, having a structure, right? That what we're talking about is very, you know, thus far in this podcast is very much kind of conceptual, but having a structured approach to helping couples. Like, why do you think that that's important, Gabe? No, it's it's really important. So the the background or the experience that I had was w- working with a particular curriculum that was for premarital counseling, and we had done premarital counseling for a handful of couples that we knew, and and it just gives you that structured approach to be able to not willy nilly it as you're going through and trying to navigate and trying to understand well how deep or how effective did I spend my time with this couple, and so as I came in to this location. And as I continue to become more familiar with your guys's content, right off the bat in the beginning, like it just registered in my mind, it clicked like this makes sense. And this is what I tell couples when they come in, I said, the typical therapist, you're going to walk into their office here in town, and they may deal with the current present conflict you're dealing with. Maybe it's communication, maybe it's relational. Sometimes it may feel like just putting a Band-Aid mm-hmm. on this week's problem. And what happens is if you're approaching therapy in that manner, it might last a few months, you might be okay, but then you're going to be right back to square one. And so what I share with them about the curriculum that you guys created is that it's going to create that longer lasting effect on them that's going to create a more stable base, a more stable foundation foundation. to be able to implement into their relationship. And just like as I hear you talk, Gabe, I'm just so grateful that you found us and that we found you. I'm just like so proud that you're here with us. Thanks. Yeah. One thing about structure that couples like and and that I think makes it easier to sustain long-term change is the fact that most of our adaptive behaviors that we talked about earlier that sort of like just instinctually happen throughout our earlier life are made in an unstructured way. They're just sort of responding to the world around us. And if we want to make significant long-term changes that are sustainable and that are also in the best interest of ourselves and the best interest of a couple, it's being able to like take a very mindful approach to it. Mm. is really stopping and looking like, how do I react to this? How do we react to this? How do we communicate about this? What are our struggles? What are our strengths? And then like, okay, like how do we build a foundation that's going to allow us to weather the inevitable winds that are going to come and blow us off course? You know, most of the time we're just reacting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, what I love about the work we do with couples and all of our clinicians here is that we really try to understand at a very core level what's happening, what's dysfunctional in the system, what's amazing about the system. And again, like kind of at that root seed level of a weed, (laughs) like help it grow into a very nourishing union. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And when I start off with couples, just wanted to give the brief nutshell, just what it's looked like and felt like from this perspective with couples. When we start out with the consultation, I'm hearing what their present story is. I'm trying to gain an understanding of what are those disruptions that they're experiencing in the present. And as we start therapy and we walk through therapy, we're gaining an understanding of, of what is it that's influenced it and trying to decipher and discern what's appropriate to adjust and, and develop new patterns along the way. And even trying to little moments that I can to help instill like a, a new bit of hope for, for a better looking future. That's like the word I'm always grasping onto and hoping my couples get that hope. We try to hold hope for couples who can't find it within themselves. And and then you see them leave and hugging out in the parking lot. It's like my favorite thing ever. I mean, that is like such, such the benefit that we have as clinicians is that we've helped so many people and we've seen really complicated dynamics and really yes. couples in really tough places end up closer than they've ever been. And if we can kind of look somebody in the face and say like, hey, I know you guys are really suffering right now and I know you feel very lonely and you're frustrated, but believe me, just give it a chance. You know, look at yourself and commit to individual growth and stick this process out and you'll be surprised where you can go. And so, yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'm echoing what Tara had to say, Gabe. It's just like, it's fantastic to have you as a part of this team. And, and uh, I appreciate also like, you know, just like diving in even on this podcast of like, it's clear you're somebody who's not afraid to like, to jump in and go. And we appreciate that. And we also can tell you got a lot to offer. Yeah. Just the level of your wisdom and insight, especially for being like, you know, not new, but like in the clinical field of counseling, it's just like, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed by you. Gabe, I mean, any, any like parting thoughts, anything you just want to make sure you, you get across, we'll definitely, you know, talk with you in this place again, but anything else you want to say? I think really, you know, couples or, or relational therapy, you know, I, I'm really highly intrigued to be able to hear people's story. I feel privileged to be able to walk through their story what they need to unpackage, unravel, create that safe space to really process that pain, the hurt, even just some of those things that we've been taught or picked up on that are causing disruptions in the present. I, I just feel incredibly privileged to be able to walk someone through, to be able to see when they that light bulb lights up yes. in their head and then they experience breakthrough, they experience mm -hmm. a moment of freedom and then they have this renewed sense of hope for their future and their relationship. So. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, uh, you know, this has been another fun podcast to do. It's, yes, it's energizing. You, we love it. We appreciate all of you out there who listen to us. You know, follow us on Instagram. We are at relationship underscore renovation. Facebook, we are at He Said, She Said Counseling. Uh, you can always just throw out an email to us at info at He Said, She Said Counseling. You can also, uh, you know, just uh, check out our website and all the services we have to offer. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. And, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. It's what we've got right now. So. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.